Welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technology with support from USDA Rural Business Cooperative. Hi, this is Rich Myers. Welcome to this edition of ATRA, Voices from the Field. And today we're talking with Andrew Coggins, who is the Agriculture Project Coordinator at the National Center for Appropriate Technology, working out of INCAT's headquarters in Butte, Montana. How you doing, Andrew? Very well, thanks, Rich. Good afternoon. Yeah, good to have you. Um, today we're going to be talking about the benefits of cover cropping, and in particular, some of the things that Andrew has done at the SIFT demonstration farm at NCAT's headquarters in Butte, Montana. So um, let me just start off with a sort of a general question here. Um, what are the benefits of using a cover crop, Andrew? Okay, well, there are many, many, many benefits to uh, growing cover crops, uh, but I'll list a few, including uh, building up soil organic matter, uh, weed suppression, nutrient buildup, and improving soil structure with better water retention and water drainage. Huh. Well, how do, how do cover crops improve water holding and drainage at the same time? It, it seems like a contradiction in terms, yeah. I know. Okay. But uh, a cover crop on soil with good organic matter and fully developed root systems is available to absorb the maximum amount of water available to it. So this defines the uh, soil water holding capacity that cover crops aid. Huh. Adding, adding cover crops with uh, big strong tap roots, for instance, such as turnips and swedes, uh, help break up the soil and aerate it beyond the depth at which most plants require water. And that then provides the escape route for the excess water oh. through the soil profile, rather than flooding the surface. Um, to put it simply, uh, the best analogy I can give really is to think of a sponge. Uh, if the sponge is dry, it will absorb a large amount of water until it reaches capacity. If that sponge is then put in a bowl, any additional water will rise around it and flood it, of course. Mm -hmm. But if you hold that wet sponge in the air and continue to trickle water on it, a certain amount of water will continue to drain through and not flood the surface of the sponge. I think this kind of illustrates how good soil holds onto water and gets rid of the excess. Sure, I can see that. Um, well, why would, why would you want to uh, grow a cover crop on an area once you've finished harvesting a crop off of it? Um, there are many reasons for this, to be honest, many reasons. But if, if we take three principal reasons, hopefully it will become clearer. Um, the first reason really is that any moisture in bare soil uh, will evaporate more quickly, which means that there will be less available reserves to supply the next crop you plant, and this is particularly true in dryland areas. Secondly, the remaining moisture left in bare soil will be used up by weeds taking advantage of no competition from other plants, and therefore with no benefit to increasing organic matter, as they'll be removed rather incorporated as green manure later on. Mm. And then thirdly, bare soil will break the plant microbial bridge because if there's no plants to feed the microbial activity, the soil structure will break down as the bacteria hibernate or even die and therefore water infiltration will reduce and potential surface water flooding is more likely. Oh. Okay, well is there still a use for cover crops in my yard if I can water it whenever I want to water it? Yeah, there is. I mean, we've just discussed reasons why, particularly on um, non-irrigated uh, areas, cover cropping is uh, beneficial. Right. Um, 
but when you've got access to water you could the the question is uh, very valid but the answer is still yes uh, weeds will still grow in areas where there's no competition and take stored nutrients from the soil which would benefit your next crop as well as competing with the next crop if you don't remove them and they go to seed so cover crops with good ground cover qualities will suppress the weeds prevent soil moisture evaporation and fix nitrogen in the soil if the cover crop is a legume for instance huh so how do, how do um, in nitrogen fixing in fixing legumes work okay well well without going too much into the science legumes um, such as peas vetches and clovers for instance have root systems with nodules of bacteria on them so put simply it is a bacteria that actually converts the atmospheric nitrogen to usable plant nitrogen or usable nitrogen for the plant and the plant in turn then feeds the bacteria with carbohydrate and this promotes microbial activity so when legumes are used in compost or incorporated into the soil for instance uh, they provide a certain amount of nitrogen into the soil and this is where the term nitrogen fixing comes from and what nitrogen fixing means um, well what kind of cover crops have you grown here on the SIP farm uh, excuse me on the SIP farm here in Butte Montana over the years and why did you choose those crops okay um, I haven't been here during all this time but I gather from the past that a popular combination planted um, well certainly one why I've been here has been uh, a combination of hairy vetch which is a legume and cereal rye which is a cool season grass and this was planted last fall um, to provide nitrogen fixation, soil improvement and weed suppression. Buckwheat is another plant that's been used in the past also. And this copes with low facility soils, um, particularly such as phosphorus deficiency. And we also use uh, continue to use peas as cover crops too. Okay, so then the more recently planted cover crop areas have more complex mixes. Of cover crops, uh, so why is that? It's a very good question. Um, a lot of this is to do with research as well, um, and in fact, this this eight uh, eight cover crop mix uh, was planted in May of this year on a new area of ground, uh, approximately three thousand three hundred square feet um, in size, and the eight species cover crop uh, cost was around $65, so not a huge sum of money. Um, the idea was to actually demonstrate all the benefits of cover cropping that we've talked about already, Rich. Right. Um, with a combination of cereal grasses, uh, brassicas, legumes, and a broadleaf plant uh, called Phacelia. To get the best combination we could, um, we used a compatibility table because an eight species cover crop is quite right. a hard species mix to yeah. actually work out yourself. And uh, this compatibility table uh, can be found at smartmix.greencoverseed.com. We then bought the seed from local suppliers, uh, with the exception of the Austrian peas, uh, which were home safe seed. Some of the added benefits of this area too have been to highlight areas of high and low soil fertility and soil water holding capacity. So think of the whole area like a visual map in many ways. Okay, well, um, 
What are, have there been other benefits to the uh, that you've seen from the cover cropping? Uh, yes, indeed. Yeah, um, in the areas of good fertility, uh, the turnips or the big root crops have grown very large indeed, um, with strong and straight tap roots. And this is a very good visual indication that the soil quality beneath the surface that you normally look at is in good condition as well. In addition, um, some of the flowering crops we've had like white mustard and more recently the flowering phacelia within the areas have attracted large numbers of pollinators and in addition to the bees, numbers of butterflies and friendly predators such as ladybirds too, which is very pleasing from a personal point of view. So overall the first year has been quite successful and we think we've had six of the eight species established very successfully. Wow, that's great. Well, we're almost into September um, of 2018, so, or 2017 <laughs> rather. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. So what's, uh, what's going to be happening for the remainder of the year and on into 2018 in that area? Yeah. Uh, well, the plan is to graze the area with sheep in the next oh. week or two. Um, that will only take a few hours, right. according to our expert, <laughs> because it's not a huge area. Uh, and then to chop and incorporate the residue into the surface to overwinter. And we'll leave the roots to break down beneath the surface. In 2018, it gets slightly more complicated and the area will be split up rich, with 800 square feet uh, planted with fruit trees. Oh. Another 800 square feet uh, turned into a additional vegetable production for the main SIF farm. And the remaining 600, uh, 1,600 square feet, sorry, will continue as a long-term cover crop trial. So the long-term trial will be reseeded in 2018, as most of the mix we're using uh, annual varieties and not perennial varieties. Okay, so you're conducting a long-term cover crop trial. Um, so what science and data um, is backing up your findings? Okay. Yeah, um, well, before we, we head into winter, um, we have already done some soil sampling on the area mm -hmm. um, in the form of a Haney test in this case uh, at the start of August. And this will give us our baseline rich um, for soil uh, pH organic matter, as well as a full range of nitrogen, phosphorus and potassium levels present within the soil and the levels of trace elements too. Um, and this test will be done yearly on that specific area. So we have the baseline and then we can measure soil improvement over that area on a yearly basis. Uh, in addition to that, before the trial ends this year, we also want to dig a soil pit to really read the soil quality profile uh, for several feet down into it and, uh, conduct, water, and sorry, conduct water infiltration tests at the same time as well. So building a baseline. Exactly, yes. Great. Yeah. Well, I look forward to uh, seeing what the effects of all of this are after as it shakes out. And um, Okay, Andrew. Well, thanks for, um, for stopping by and doing this today. And I did want to mention that um, there's a lot of information on cover crops and cover cropping on the ATRA website at www.atra.incat.org. And so be sure and stop by there. And once again, Andrew, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rich. You can find other episodes of ATRA, 
Voices from the Field, along with Atra's other sustainable agriculture resources at www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org.